Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Straight Talk for the Soul series, your multidimensional vitamin for the body, mind, and spirit. I'm Carrie Murphy, your host, creator, and founder of this global broadcast and brilliant community of light. Uh, I want to extend a bright and a beautiful good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you tuning in from around the world uh, to help me welcome spiritual teacher, astrologer, numerologist, Ethan Fox is back. We're going to talk about uh, your cosmic bank account, investing in your soul's evolution. We're going to talk about numerology cycles, um, what's, what's, where we're headed here in the world, and a whole lot more. Plus, Ethan will be offering live uh, mini numerology readings as well. Uh, press star 2 on your phone to raise your hand, and we'll just need um, your birth date and your first and last name for that. And also, um, Ethan will be um, offering an energy transfer to help raise your vibration and remove karmic density. So so welcome home, all of you beautiful souls and courageous crusaders of higher consciousness. Uh, this is your safe haven. It is also a sacred space. It is a soulful sanctuary to feel ignited and empowered. This is a unity community designed to inspire you, uplift you, and liberate you. So let's intend for a revival, a restoration, and a renewal of your health, your wealth, your soul's radiance, uh, a complete reality reset. And I want to thank you for blessing our community with your love and presence today. And now my favorite question, uh, what's the best that could happen today with Ethan, with myself, with all of you? Set an empowered personal intention for what you wish to gain or experience today. My intention, as always, is to be a clear and pristine communicator of divine light and love and selfless service to allow for the greatest openings into healing, vitality, and empowerment for all of us gathered here. Uh, you're welcome to write in. If you've joined us by computer, you can write in, let us know how you're feeling, ask your questions that way, and I'll be checking in. Uh, and now let me tell you about Ethan, and then we'll get started. Ethan Fox is a spiritual teacher, an astrologer, a numerologist, and the host of Awake and Empowered TV. He is the founder of the Flower of Life Institute and its many movements, including the Seed of Life School, the Fruit of Life Parent Network, Awake Journal, and Awake and Empowered Expo. Uh, Ethan always had a feeling um, he had a gift with energy from an early age and throughout his adult years in the business and financial world, he had an intense knowing that he could help people. He simultaneously walked the spiritual world and eventually became an accomplished astrologer and numerologist of 28 years. Yet his logical left brain mindset left him skeptical of his energetic healing ability. He had dismissed many uh, profound healing experiences as coincidence until 1997 when a series of unmistakable events finally began to convince him. His belief was further confirmed when he met Barb Morey. She's a gifted aura reader um, whose abilities can be compared to those of the late Edgar Cayce. So suddenly many of those unusual experiences started to make some sense. Um, you're going to experience this today. Ethan is able to accept the karmic density from others without any adverse effects to himself. He's able to do this while raising the consciousness of groups and individuals um, at once in person or remotely, and it results in a steady increase uh, in their level of happiness and ability to deal with turbulent circumstances. Uh, also, as a result of his spiritual awakening in December of 2011, 
Ethan uh, altered the course of his life, leaving the business world behind to establish the Flower of Life Institute. And so we're going to get to experience a lot of his wisdom and knowledge and gifts today, um, talking about your cosmic bank account and numerology. Um, and we're going to get into um, how this ancient tool can really provide insights for navigating your soul's life cycles. Um, so lots to explore with Ethan. Um, we're going to see what unfolds. We're going to flow with things. So let's get started. Please join me in extending waves and waves of love, light, and appreciation to Ethan as I welcome him back. So hello, my friend. Hi, Carrie. It's good to be back with you. Yes, 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 yes. You know, with numerology, I don't think I've ever asked you, how did you get into numerology to begin with? Uh, well, it's an interesting story because I was, uh, I was, I come from a very left-brained, uh, intellectual sort of background, and I didn't believe in any of these sorts of things, although I had all kinds of weird experiences when I was younger. Uh, I didn't have any reference points, and, and I am from India and brought up in a very traditional Indian family, so these kinds of things were not things we discussed. Um, so when I was in about age 27 years old or 26 years old, I uh had a friend who was a lot older than I was, and he was um, very much into astrology and numerology. Well, mostly astrology, actually. And uh, and we'd get together, and he would uh, talk about planetary motion and alignments and all these things, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, and this went on for months and months until I finally decided – that I should just get a book and learn a little bit because I couldn't carry on a conversation with him, and he was so passionate about this. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's really how I started. I started, uh, I read a few books in the beginning and started studying my own astrology chart and, and my friend's uh, astrology charts. And, uh, and then over the years, I just started using it, realized how accurate it really was. And uh, and then eventually I incorporated numerology into it as well. And and, uh, and I initially used it because at the time I was very much entrepreneurial and I used it in business and financial cycles and stock markets and things like that to forecast uh, what was going on uh, in a very practical uh, way. So I, I primarily use the tools in a very practical, grounded way to understand physical human life and um what it means and why certain events happen. And, and when you know that, you know what's coming, you know when it's coming, you know when it's going, and you can kind of understand the meaning and purpose behind certain experiences. Mm -hmm. It takes sort of the randomness of life experience um, out of, you know, out of your, you know, how you perceive right. things. Right. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into that a little bit more in terms of, you know, the real benefits of it. And, you know, as you said, you, you used it a lot for financial reasons and for your business and all of that. But as that shifted and expanded and you began working with individuals and, and even in your own life, what do you, what can you share about astrology and numerology that really helps us understand its power? As you said, it can, it can help us see patterns. Um, so you feel that all of this, we came into this life with these, soul patterns to um to experience so do we not have any control over that or how do you feel about that 
Well, this is a question I've asked myself for decades because I, Mm -hmm. you know, I've also been immersed in this spiritual conversation and the idea of free will. And as human beings, we, uh, we believe we have free will and can choose our path. And, and that's not entirely wrong. I mean, ultimately I had to come to this overall understanding that also incorporates cycles because cycles do work. And, and I know from using them for many decades that they are remarkably accurate. So, so cycles are accurate not only um, in our own physical lives, but I also use cycles to forecast global events and uh, and th- even a lot of things that are happening in the world today and where this is going are all things that are, are repeating cycles that are things that we could see beforehand. So if free will, to the extent that human beings believe we have it in a very human egocentric way anyway, uh, if that was actually true to that degree, then cycles couldn't work and everything would just be, you know, up to us. And that's, and also for a time, I was, and as many people I'm sure on, on this call are, uh, have also been, I very much delved into the whole idea of the secret and law of attraction and these ideas really to understand uh, those tools and how they work and do they work. And I so I mentored under a lot of uh, people, some of whom were in the film The Secret, and uh, and uh, to try to understand how those tools work. And what I found was that uh, not everybody, and I'm sure anybody on this call who's tried those tools or vision boards can say that not everybody produces the same level of results. So if you put something on a vision board, you know, 10 people put this, put something on a vision board, their dream house or car or relationship, they don't all get exactly what's on the vision board. And, and that's because, uh, of cycles, because we are, where the free will does apply is as souls, before we incarnate into physical reality, we ex- exercise our free will to choose the kind of experience mm-hmm. we wanted to have. So so from right. that perspective, we know the bigger picture of our soul's journey up to that point and what we want to learn and experience next. And so we choose the, the life to a great degree. So who we're going to, uh, significant relationships and what we're going to do and learn and experience in this life are things that we exercise free will to experience beforehand. Then we enter into our human experience as an ego walking the earth. And from that standpoint, we can't change those larger decisions because to do so would alter our soul's uh, process. And mm-hmm. and because as human beings, we forget so that we can then experience life without having our awareness of why we came here interfere with having that human experience because of that as free will soar as as egos walking the earth we think we have free will that we can change any detail when really we can't change it to the degree that we think but what we can always change and this is where uh free will does actually apply in human experience and that is that we can always change how we experience things. Mm-hmm. And so, Our for example, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. And that's uh, that's entirely up to us. And that's where a lot of people don't really place a lot of attention on free will. You know, we put things on our vision board we want to achieve in a material sense. But to in, in many respects, those material things that we're going to achieve are already set in motion before we came here. But 
what we can do change, though, is how we go about those things. So, for example, if you're going through a very difficult period in your cycles, um, th those events will happen because those events were supposed to happen. But what we never know from individual to individual is two people having the very same experience. How are they experiencing those things? One may walk through right. with mm -hmm. bliss and joy and enthusiasm or or anticipation, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, and another may go through it with suffering and hardship. I mean, uh, in my lifetime journey, I've known a lot of people who have, for all practical purposes, what most people would consider everything. You know, they have money, they have the perfect relationship, they have everything that most people would think that they want, and if they had those things, they would be happy, yet these individuals are very miserable in their lives. So it's mm -hmm. not those material things that we think we want, that if we had them, we would be happy. Uh, it's not those things that actually create a happy, blissful, joyful life. It's really more our way of being, the way that we walk the mm -hmm. path and not so much the path itself. And that's where I think there's a lot of um, confusion about free will and why cycles are there to sort of um, mm -hmm. orchestrate our human experience. So cycles are sort of like um, points in our life that um, unlock experiences we're meant to have at that time. And, and, then, and so those experiences that we set in motion before birth trigger as cycles occur throughout our lives to orchestrate that experience for us. But then it's up to us to decide right. how mm -hmm. we're going to have those experiences. And so every Navigate individual, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. So you can be homeless and starving and be blissful and, and uh, have a, an amazing life, or you can be a billionaire and have a, and you know, the most attractive, relationship partner and everything that you could possibly want and be a very miserable mm -hmm. person. And we see this a lot. A lot of the wealthiest people are the most unhappy people. And um, and you can see that because rather than focusing on doing positive things in the world and in their life, they instead focus on doing a lot of very not so positive things. And that's just a sign of the way of being or the even the soul development uh, that's underneath the surface of that mm -hmm. physical body that's walking the earth. Yeah. And, and also, no, I think you it's know, so empowering. Like, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, and then I'll come back. Well, I'm just saying, uh, from that standpoint, if we could elevate it to the level of, let's say, our world leaders and billionaires, uh, for example, if they – at their level of achievement and wealth and power, if they actually had what we believe is 100% free will to do whatever they want, then we would be living in a much, much more dystopian world than we live in today. But because they don't actually have free will, but they are walking the path they were meant to walk in this life, they are limited by how much they can actually do by what the grander cycles are happening on Earth at this time are allowing them to do. So so they're having their experience as well. And and so free will in a human, physical, egocentric way uh, does not actually exist the way that we think it does. 
Yeah, and I think you're explaining it well. And what I was going to say was that with numerology, with astrology, I mean, that having the information about these cycles is empowering in itself if we choose to embrace it in that way. And like you shared, I mean, it really is a decision how we choose to respond or navigate through um, especially the more challenging cycles. So when it comes to the cycles, I know there are long-term um, cycles, you know, for us individually and um, in the world. And so clearly we've been going through quite a bit here on the planet uh, as a collective in the last few years with everything going on. Share with us um, a little bit about what you, where you see us going, uh, an overview of, you know, these long-term cycles in the world. Sure, and and some of this is going to sound a little dystopian, and and but ultimately it's uh, I mean we have to look at that's the thing about understanding astrology and numerology is you have to have a very neutral viewpoint about what's happening, and even in your personal life if you're going through a very difficult period, knowing that that difficult period starts here and ends here, and what you're supposed to gain from it gives you the ability to walk it with a little bit you know eyes open and more self-awareness and more of a sense of peace. And that's where I find it very useful. I speak to a lot of people who are going through difficult periods, and but when I can define for them why it's happening and when it starts and ends, it kind of gives them a little sense of peace about uh, about their lives and what's going on. Now, in terms of global events, we are at a very significant time on the planet and very important historic time, really. And although... You know, many of us may look back at previous times in history and say, oh, I wish I was a fly on the wall then to be able to see and witness that time. Uh, yet now we're actually in such a time, and uh, most people probably wish they weren't here to to witness this time, because this is what it's like uh, when you're walking in a very historical time on planet Earth. Uh, this is what it's really like. And 200 years from now, People are going to be looking back to this time and, and thinking, I wish I was a fly on the wall to be able to see and witness what it was like, because that's the importance of where we're standing right now. But because of that, so many significant cycles are converging at this time to bring about this experience that we've been having over the last, well, it's been going on for a little while, but concentrated over the last few years. And... And and so one thing that, that – uh, there are many cycles, so I'll just touch on a few that I think are relevant. And um, we're at a time when this year Pluto is uh, moving into Aquarius for the first time in about 250 years. So it's, a, uh, it's significant in that 250 years ago around this time in, in Pluto's cycle – was when, let's take the United States as an example, but this was happening globally, where we had um, the British um, control of the, the the states of the United States at the time. And, uh, and they were creating a very oppressive society uh, uh, where there were lots of restrictions and limitations and, and so on. And it was in the late 1700s when the Declaration of Independence was signed and the Constitution, all these things came about when Pluto was in Aquarius. And 
So what you always see when Pluto is in Capricorn, as it is right now, is we have a very oppressive society where the authority figures and uh, whoever happens to be the authority on the planet or in the region at the time uh, exerts an extreme amount of control over the people. And, uh, and it's because their control period is coming to an end that they push so hard. And that's what we're seeing right now is that time period. And uh, when Pluto enters Aquarius, there's a period of time about halfway into Pluto and Aquarius, which is about between this year and about 2033 or so, where you see the influence of the Aquarius uh, Pluto picking up in momentum while the Capricorn Pluto, which we're now leaving, starts weakening. And so um, what happens there is we move into that period of same as happened in the late 1700s where more freedom came about and more decentralization of power. Um, so Pluto and Capricorn, where we are now, is centralization of power, extreme centralization of power. And that's why we're seeing our world is really being governed by non-governmental agencies that are not even based in the United States. They're overseas uh, uh, individuals who are controlling the world. And that's what happens when Pluto's in Capricorn. As it moves into Aquarius, that uh, centralization of power starts to struggle and eventually fall apart. And, uh, and then we usher in a, a period of extreme independence and freedom and decentralization. And we're starting to see early signs of this already. Um, and uh, as we move into the um, early or the later part of this decade and early part of next is when we're really going to see the move in that more decentralized, more freedom-oriented world. And then when Pluto leaves Aquarius in the mid-2040s, we'll swing to the opposite extreme. And what decentralization will look like is, like in the United States, I think one of the things, and this will happen globally, uh, one of the things that I see happening, which we're already starting to see happening, is the United States will stop functioning as much as one United States and more as individual states carrying their own power and their own rules. And we're already starting to see this with some of the Supreme Court rulings and such in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that are starting to establish different rules in every state. And that's the beginning of what will eventually be the state functioning more independently. And we're going to see this globally as well, where the power gets taken away from this centralized small body of people uh, and will be given back more to local uh, and, and eventually to the individual. And we're already seeing this in the financial system as well. The existing financial structures are trying to exert more and more control, like a central bank digital currency, which they're planning to roll out very soon with a social credit system. So we're seeing the ramping up of extreme methods of control, while underneath the surface, we're simultaneously seeing the birth of entirely new decentralized forms of uh, governance, uh, of economies such as cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, for example, that are not actually controlled by centralized authorities. So 
So this is where we're heading. So this decade is going to be a little bit difficult because while these new freedom-oriented ideas and technologies start coming out into the world, the individuals and, and um, organizations that currently control the world are going to exert more influence and more maybe even force to maintain control. So, so we're going to see lots of drama and and propaganda over this decade much as we've seen in the recent few years mm -hmm. to maintain that control over people's minds and their lives meanwhile the move toward more independence and freedom is happening nonetheless and it'll break through in the early parts of the next decade and i think by middle of next decade we're going to be seeing certainly not the world we left behind that world is gone, but but a uh, a new kind of future where we'll see more independence and freedom. And also, Pluto and Aquarius always brings about technological revolution. So we're going to see a future that is, in many ways, an Atlantean future in terms of technology. And we can already see early signs of that now, although at the moment, a lot of the technology is still very much based on control systems and um, maintaining control of the population, but eventually I think it'll move to more decentralized open source technologies that, uh, that are actually going to help humanity. So I see a future with very advanced technology, a lot more freedom, um, huge advancements in, in lifespan um, and health uh, technologies that are going to allow us to extend our lives and our health uh, to very, very long lives. Um, and uh, and I do see an economy that is going to become less centralized. Um, the reason we have a global financial collapse on the verge of happening right now is because of centralization of the financial system. And uh, I think that that's going to also become decentralized to where that won't be possible in the future. So short term, uh, right now Chiron is in Aries, and um, every time Chiron is in Aries on the planet, we see more riots and more upheaval, and people are angry with each other and uh, protests, and we also see um, sort of a flaring up of egos, and this is why um, Platforms like TikTok and Instagram have become so popular and why we see so many of our uh, people of the world, but especially the younger generations who are, you know, the selfie generation where people are so focused on themselves right now. Um, and uh, that is a Chiron in Aries. And every time in history when Chiron's been in Aries, we've seen more anger and upheaval and race riots and things like that. So. That's been going on for about two and a half years right now, uh, and actually a little bit longer um, as it was approaching Aries. And in when we get to, we're about halfway into Chiron and Aries right now, and so the ramping up of that uh, has lessened. So between now and 2026, uh, it's going to move into Taurus, which is the next sign Chiron will be in. And then from 2026 till I think the early 2030s, it'll be in, in Taurus. Now, what I see there is we are on, in going to enter a very difficult financial period 
Um, for example, the Great Depression occurred while Chiron was in Taurus. So uh, every time we've had Chiron in Taurus and the planet, there has been inflation or um, recession or, and of course, the, we just entered a recessionary period in the United States uh, or a Great Depression. And, and I think that's um, something that's inevitable at this point. And so we have to navigate that time. But on the other side of it, I think the the world and um, economy and all of those things will uh, will correct themselves, and we will be uh, heading into a much brighter future long term. So we just have to prepare for the road ahead um, emotionally, mentally, and you know get through it so that we can get to the other side. I mean that's just yeah. a little bit, a little bit of what's going on, but um, but there's certainly more. No, I appreciate that. And so when it comes to individuals that you work with, and I'm grateful that we'll talk about your special offer in a little bit, but you're offering um, one-on-one uh, numerology sessions with you where you can help people identify, as you mentioned before, the whys, you know, why something may be going on, you know, the start of a cycle, the end of a cycle. Talk about that on a personal level because all of these things can give people the well, really, the empowerment, the understanding of um, what's happening, you know, and that can impact their business, their relationships, um, finances, all of those things. So those cycles, Ethan, um, are we, you know, the longer cycles are how long and the shorter ones are how long? Oh, well, that's uh, longer cycles can go. Uh, there are so many different cycles that um, intertwine and they're inside of each other. So, you can have cycles that last for a decade and some that even last longer than that, but you can also have cycles that last just for a few hours. So it, it varies. Um, and with, with astrology and numerology. Now, in my opinion, over the decades of studying these things, I find that the most important numerological cycle is the nine year cycle. And that's something mm-hmm. I talk about a lot and I don't think a lot of people uh, really give it enough weight in terms of how important it is. And because it, uh, it, for most people's practical lives anyway, nine years is a good span of time to pay attention to. And if you know where you are in that stretch of nine years, you have a really good perspective of what's going on in your life and what's coming. And your your nine-year cycle always lines up in some way with how global events affect you. So, for example, mm-hmm. if things in the world are, and it's similar for me, a few years back when everything started collapsing in the global situation, it affected me and everything that I was doing on a personal level as well because we do a lot of public events and things like that. And uh, But those were things that were already in my own personal cycle. So I already knew that I was going to go through a period of disintegration and then rebuilding in a new direction. And the world cycles just kind of lined up perfectly to give me my own experience. So so one thing that we should always keep in mind is we're never a victim to outer circumstances or the decisions that other people make or even what's going on globally because we wouldn't be experiencing those things at that time if they weren't things we personally chose to experience as well. So 
so I find the nine-year cycle is one of the most uh, valuable, um, and you just—it's very simple for anyone to calculate. You just simply take your your month of birth and your day of birth, add it together, and reduce it to a single digit, and add it to the the most recent year uh, that you had a birthday. So in this case, 2022 and reduce it to a single digit, and you know where you are in your nine-year cycle. And based on that, you can track your business cycle. So if you're um, going through, uh, you know, career growth spurt or the career is uh, floundering right now, you can tell that right from the cycle. And so if you know beforehand where you are in that cycle, you can project ahead to – when your career may have some struggles and when it may expand and when maybe it's time for you to reevaluate the direction you've been going in your life and prepare for something new. Um, especially when we go through those big transitions, people always go through a period of uncertainty about where their life is going next. And, uh, and that if you know that window of time and what you're supposed to get out of it, um, you don't have to struggle and push so hard to try mm-hmm. to achieve at that time because at those times achievement isn't going to work as much because you're actually meant to pull back and reevaluate and and evolve who you are so that you can then later push forward. So there is rationale and logic and significance in our periods of dormancy and pulling back as much as there is importance in us pushing forward where, you know, in conventional society, we're not taught these things. We're always taught to push forward and succeed Mm and make more money and increase our following and all these things, but we're not, and that's really a very egocentric human way of experiencing life, but we we're not taught by our parents and by society that, that there are times when we need to take a breath. And, um, you know, just like the human breath, we inhale and exhale. And the and both are important to progressing forward. We can't always just simply push ahead because sometimes pulling back is important in the regeneration process to pushing forward again. Mm-hmm. And we see this in cycles in nature, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, and uh, and the same is true for us as well. So using that nine-year cycle, I find, is really helpful in, um, mm-hmm. you know, in planning and preparing and, and also understanding when certain things are going to happen. Romantic relationships and marriages tend to fall in certain years, and, you know, deaths and births tend to happen during certain years. And uh, all of those things, when you know them, gives meaning and purpose behind your life and, and more of a sense of peace because you now can anticipate when certain things may happen. And when they do happen, it gives you, um, you know, just the awareness that everything is on track and you're right where you need to be. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said. I mean, highlighting those periods of dorm, you know, we're we're meant to be regenerating and uh, dormancy is okay. It's something to appreciate. And and instead of just pushing through those, you know, exhausting ourselves to really appreciate those um those cycles. And that's why I think it's really important for those of you who are really interested in this, you know, if you want a, a private session with Ethan, he's offering that in his um a special offer 
Um, but I want to transition a little bit into, I want you to talk about something that we're going to do as a group together here, which you've done every time you've come. It's um, you offer an en energy transfer, and it helps people raise their, their vibration, remove density. Um, and, you know, being such a, a left-brained individual as you are, I mean, share with people how long you've been doing this and, you know, what's behind it, what's really happening, and because uh, this is energy healing. And so when did you get into um, offering this to groups and individuals? That's a long story, but um, on purpose, I started doing it about actually nine, ten years ago. So, um, and it was in a point in my cycle when I was starting new things. And um, so I started doing it because, uh, as you mentioned in my bio, I met Barb Mori, who's an aura reader, and she mm -hmm. is in a lot of our videos and does uh, events with me. And she can see energy fields um, around people and objects and things like that. Uh, and uh, she came to one of my then events that I was doing 10 years ago and um, she noticed my energy field and and brought it to my attention and it was something that I'd always uh, throughout my life a lot of intuitives and um, uh, I was surrounded by a lot of very spiritually oriented or people with very um, significant gifts in different areas even in my early 20s although I didn't know for sure why why that was happening at that time uh, and, and a lot of them told me about these things in the future that I was going to be living and walking but at the time I was walking a very mainstream conventional life so I had no uh, framework for what a future mm -hmm. as a spiritual teacher whatever that was would look like and so when Barb came along and mentioned this it was just the right timing for me to pay attention and and it made me consider all the things that had happened in my life up to that point and all of the weird energy phenomena that occurred uh, even from when I was quite young and uh, and so I thought that I should um, you know take her seriously and if what she's saying is true that I sh that uh, that I have purpose in being here and I should at least do a few experiments to see if anything was there. And that's what really started me doing this on purpose. It was, you know, my left brain intellectual side fully intact at the time. And I was coming out of a life where I was um, uh, a business owner uh, uh, and I had an office with, um, you know, here in our local area. And I also ran an international uh, trading organization where, I worked with professional investors and traders, so it was a very left-brain financial business mm -hmm. life that I had just finished living at, the, at that point. And so coming off of that, my approach to Barb's, uh, what she said, was really to, to look at this from a very practical, analytical perspective. And yeah, But at the same time, acknowledging that I'd lived a very unusual life and there's got to be some truth in what she's saying. So we got together a group of people, about 25 people, just as an experiment. 
and uh, and Barb was there, and she would watch the room, and and I did what I already inside had known that I could do, but didn't really believe that I could do. And so I followed the process of the energy transfer, which we'll again do today. And that was to um, to have everybody in the room send their what I call density, or uh, I use the term karmic density, which I can define in a minute, um, density to me, and uh, and to see what would happen. Would anybody notice any benefits? Um, would Barb see anything happening? Uh, and were there any after effects? And so month after month in our local area, which at the time we were just using the the public library in our local area, uh, people would come and people would tell other people and the group grew over time. And we were just doing this purely as an experiment. Uh, and, uh, and what happened was people were having all kinds of remarkable experiences and uh, physical healing and, um, changes in consciousness and other other kinds of things that um, um, the other modalities that a lot of people were using that showed that their consciousness had shifted. And Barb could see when we were doing these events all this very dark energy coming from everybody in the room to me in the center of the room and that it was disintegrating as it was hitting my energy field. So... And they, everybody looked lighter and their auras expanded two or three times every time they came. And so month after month, the individuals were coming to uh, this event. She would notice the auras were getting bigger and bigger and bigger each time. And, and so there was some sort of cumulative effect on their energy field and that dark density wasn't there to the same degree. And and some of the other effects that were happening is people were starting to follow their natural path. Like uh, I had this um, guy who I still remember because he was just an odd sort of circumstance because he came to, um, at the time I was teaching numerology classes as, as well, and he came out of curiosity and he was a very, he was an older gentleman very mainstream mindset. Um, he was coming to the numerology discussion just out of curiosity. And because he liked what I said, he decided to come to the energy transfer event just before he went to Catholic church. So, um, <laughs> so he, you know, was not somebody who believes any of these things, but just because he liked my presentation at the numerology class, he thought, you know, you just check it out. And so he came to this event and then a couple of months later he sent me a message and wanted to get together for lunch which at the time I still had time to do that sort of thing and so we got together and he was just so ecstatic because uh, he worked for the government uh, all his life and he was retired from that and and all he ever wanted to do was be an artist but he never had the opportunity or felt like he could do that and all of a sudden, out of the blue, after the energy transfer event, he just felt inspired to take up art. And so he started painting, and it was giving him so much joy and, and fulfillment in his life. And he just wanted to well, – he wanted to get together with me for lunch because in his rational, very mainstream mindset, he had no way to justify how that possibly could have happened, except that the only thing he did different was the energy transfer that he came to. Uh, and now for me at that time, that was an unusual story. But over the years, a lot more stories like that have happened. And 
And so when you remove the density from your energy field, it starts making you aware of your greater purpose and the things that you're more likely to find joy in doing become uh, become things that are possible for you. And uh, and you move more in the direction of a way of being, as I said earlier. Free will is not in the physical things that are external to us. It's in our way of being, how we walk the path. And uh, when you remove the density from your energy field, you make available the ability to walk a lighter path, regardless of what you chose. Now, some people may come to Earth to experience health challenges or maybe to have cancer or to uh, live in poverty. Um, but there are people who live in poverty or with health challenges who are blissful, and there are people who are miserable. So uh, it is the amount of density in your energy field and your consciousness that allows you to walk in a lighter way through life, regardless of outer circumstances. And so when we remove the density, that's one of the things that happens is um, – is people's lives get rerouted in uh, in new directions and new ways of being. Now, I should say that if, let's say you happen to be a, in a period in your cycles where big changes are coming soon and you do an energy transfer coincidentally at uh, around that time, that transition can become very dramatic to where um, sometimes people who do energy transfers, their life completely falls apart and rebuilds entirely new. And it's always for the better, but the change can be very, very profound and very dramatic to where one year you're walking one path and the next year you're mm -hmm. living almost an entirely different timeline of reality. So, now, the other thing to keep in mind is the energy transfer, I realized, because after meeting Barb, uh, soon after I also met Michaela, who's been on your show a lot uh, over the years, mm -hmm. and and uh, Michaela is a very gifted channel, and, uh, and through her, I was able to uh, speak to the guides to understand what I was doing, what is this energy transfer, and what's the purpose of it, and so on. And came to find out that there is a 13th dimensional collective of beings who are facilitating this whole process through my physical body. And um, my only role in, uh, in this is that my physical structure and my consciousness was prepared through lifetimes to allow for this to happen. But it's really them... That, that are doing all the work, mm -hmm. they are facilitating this process. And because of that, um, I can do uh, – people use videos from our um, energy transfer events uh, to repeat the process. And uh, in a special offer package today, we have uh, remote sessions, and those sessions can be done remotely because this um, 13th Dimensional Collective uses my physical body to facilitate the process on behalf of the in person who's on the other side receiving it. And so it doesn't really matter what I do. And so I just mm -hmm. need to uh, be aware of and facilitate it. But, uh, but even if I was uh, asleep in the middle of the night and somebody on the other side of the planet uses one of our videos to, to do the process, 
this collective because they're not living in third dimensional time and space all things to them happen simultaneously so they can do uh, facilitate that process on behalf of anyone uh, on their behalf regardless of me so uh, and what i came to find out is they've been doing this since i was born into this body uh, without my mm-hmm. conscious awareness they've been using this physical structure to facilitate this consciousness expansion and removal of density uh, on a global scale and also individually since birth. And it was only 10 years ago that I became conscious of it and started doing it on purpose in my own life. Right. Um, mm-hmm. right. So, so density is that energy field. We tend to accumulate it through lifetimes of of experience. Um, so, for example, if you had a really difficult life, uh, traumatic life experience in a past life, or even in this one, the the experience of it is separate from the density. So, let's say in a past life, um, I was with my soulmate, and I uh, and for some reason something happened to where we. Um, uh, had a difficult relationship or couldn't be together or something like that. And um, so the karma is the soulmate relationship. And and maybe in this life that karma uh, brings back that soulmate again so that I can have an experience with that soulmate once again in this life. But the density is the suffering that was uh, experienced in that past life because of the trauma that occurred and that density can carry from lifetime to lifetime and and continue to build and uh and so if i bring that density into this life and then i meet that soulmate again to relive the experience of being with them the density may repeat the same trauma that i had in the past but if we can Mm -hmm. remove the density then it leaves just the relationship and and the karmic experience of being with that soul. And now we can create something new. Or And, and sometimes it may be the density that brings you back together in order to re-experience the trauma to learn and evolve. But uh, And sometimes when you remove density, you may lose the desire even to be with that person anymore. But But at least if you remove the density you now have the opportunity to live and to experience your mm-hmm. life in a more positive, uplifted way um, without being weighed down by that. So that's uh, what mm-hmm. we do. And simultaneously, the 13th dimension, uh, dimensional collective sends an energy through my heart center to everyone to uh, not only expand their auras, but also um, increase their consciousness and whenever energy comes from any other dimension or from any dimension to any dimension, it carries information. So um, much like um, if you have a cell phone or a mobile phone, you're receiving a phone call. That phone call is being transmitted using energy, but there's information, there's data contained in that stream of energy and uh, or satellite transmissions or anything right now we're sitting in the middle of electromagnetic fields and all kinds of frequencies that we can't see, but they uh, and we can't even interpret what information is in there. But there is information. If you have the right mobile phone, 
it can translate that information to something you can use. And so when the 13th dimension is sending energy to the third dimension, to uh, through me to wherever, that contains 13th dimensional information. And sometimes, the, or most often, the human being who's receiving that energy can't consciously interpret that information into knowledge mm-hmm. immediately. But what happens is over time, it restructures their energy field and to where they feel directed to different kinds of knowledge and wisdom and they start to see and perceive their reality from a broader, higher perspective, more in line with the higher dimensional awareness because this information is coming from the 13th dimension. So, and the 13th dimension is really the the highest dimension at the moment that is populated and functional and it sort of oversees all the other dimensions currently. Um, so that's kind of um, sort of an overview of what mm-hmm. the energy transfer is. Thank you for that, Ethan. And um, we're going to experience that as a group here in just a little bit. But let's go ahead and talk about your special offer um, that does include one month of the energy transfer experience. Um, all of you listening, if you want to take a look, you can find this offer, these two offers, at straighttalkforthesoul.com. Uh, click on our Marketplace link at the top of the page. Uh, you'll see Ethan's picture, and click on that, and you'll find these two offers. Offer A is one month remote energy transfer. Um, this includes 12 remote energy transfers within a one month time frame. Um, and that is, um, yeah, that is an offer A. But offer B, if you want to have that, you'll have that plus the 30 minute private numerology session, uh, with Ethan and, um, uh, for those of you who really want to delve into that more deeply, I would highly encourage that. So uh, anything else you want to share about these two offers, Ethan? Uh, only that the – so the one month is 12, and that's um, – because most people choose to do them about once every two days. I do them at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, we won't be speaking – Once you sign up, I'll have your name on a list and we'll facilitate it at those times. Um, Now, some people over the years have had um, the energy has been too intense for them. And so if you're very sensitive or if you find after the first session you do that it's too much, you may want to um, reach out to us and have the dates moved a little farther apart. so it's really up to you to pace them. Most people do about every other day um, to do the 12 sessions. Um, and uh, occasionally it needs to be spread out a little farther. So if you need to space it to two months, you can do that. The calendar um, is available when you sign up. And you can choose the dates however you wish. Um, so just see how that goes the first few times and reach out and let us know if you need to adjust the dates, and we can certainly do that. Okay, and then the the numerology session. Um, oh, someone was asking if you could repeat that formula for knowing where we are in our in a nine year cycle. Sure, um, you take your birth month. So let let's assume today is your birthday, and uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. So you're born on August first. So August is eight, and the first is one. So we would add the eight plus one, and we and that would equal nine. 
and then we would add that to the year of your most recent birthday. So if today is your birthday, then this would be your most recent birthday. Uh, but if, let's say, your birthday was November 1st, then I would calculate last year. Uh, now, keeping in mind that, uh, and some numer people on this call who may be numerologists may disagree with me, and, uh, and that's because there are lots of different systems of numerology and astrology. Uh, and I've, over the years, studied uh, quite a few of them and adapted my own process. So I calculate and interpret a certain way. That's not exactly how a lot of the other systems do it, but I find it to be the most accurate. And and so in my perspective, when you're calculating the year number that you're in, I see it coming in about six months prior. So even though whatever year you're in right now may be calculated for today, I would go back six months and say six months ago, this year that you're in today is starting to come in and you're crossing over that threshold as of today. And then over the next six months, it weakens as the next year number comes in. So, um, so today, August 1st, so the A plus one is nine and then 2022 is two plus zero plus two plus two. So that's, uh, that's basically two, four, six. So we have six. Uh, is, is the year today. And then we add that back to the nine of August 1st. Uh, and so nine and six is 15. And then we add the digits 15, one plus five, which equals six. So I would say if my birthday is August 1st, then I'm now entering year number six. However, it started showing itself about six months ago. And, and so, mm -hmm. The kind of things I would see in a year number six, for example, um, a lot of people tend to, uh, assuming they're not already in a happy relationship, they tend to fall in love or start very significant relationships when they're in year number six. Or if they're already in a good relationship, let's say they're married, children are often born in year number six. Um, so it's a very love-oriented year. And in terms of business cycles um six is one of the years in the nine-year cycle where business and career are growing and expanding from year four to the very beginning of year eight is when our careers or businesses tend to grow and expand and year number seven tends to be so if, if today was my year six birthday then i would say i've got about another year year and a half of my career and or business growing before that slows down and comes to a standstill and uh, preparing me for uh, starting over in a new direction. So, so that's how you, how you calculate it. Okay. And if someone really wants some deeper support on this and, and they can really, you know, gain some insight on, you know, how to approach business partnership finance um, their service model, all of those things, you can help them identify a lot of that in a private session. I want to do maybe one or two just very mini um, numerology readings uh, just so people sure. can get a taste. This won't be like a private session, so we're just going to do a very broad mini reading. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm going to come out there to those of you with your hands up. It's star two to raise your hand. Um, we just need uh, your birth date and your current first and last name and how it's spelled. 
And if you can just give uh, Ethan that, he can give you a brief little um, reading. So does that sound good uh, to do that now, Ethan? Sure, yeah. And, um, yeah, in, in numerology, you can – a lot of things you just mentioned, I can help people to understand their career. And because I have a background in business and finance, I'm really good at – uh, fashioning business models and things like that. And as I said, I use these tools in a very practical, more third-dimensional way. So if that's something that is helpful, then I can certainly do that. Okay. Okay, I'm coming out there. Um, again, your first and last name, current first and last name, how it's spelled in your birthday. Uh, first caller that I'm going to is area code, um, let's see, I'm going to go to area code 65 zero uh you're live with that, us six five zero is that me it's you hi oh hi <laughs> well sometimes there's somebody else with the same area code <laughs> i know i know it's you what is your name you <laughs> it's, it's, thank you it's kathy it's k-a-t-h-i hi kathy and the last hi and the last name is um s-e-g-a L A S. S E Z is in zebra. L A A L A. Uh, yes. G. Uh, G is in George. Oh. It's the Gallas. Oh, so George. S, S E G A L A S. Okay. A L A. Yep. Yeah, and it's uh, seven eighteen sixty three. Okay, July eighteenth, nineteen sixty three. And did you have a specific question about anything, or just in general? Uh, of in the middle of I know to be patient for many things to kind of transpire. I've been kind of on a journey for a while now. My whole mm -hmm. life kind of got really um, spun around after a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. <laughs> so, And was that a few years back? It was six to be or... exact and I'm still kind of, you know, wondering what I'm, my next thing is <laughs> yeah. going on. Okay. So um uh you have you're currently in year number and just let me just verify make sure before I get carried away here. Um your birthday was July eighteenth, one eight, nineteen sixty three, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So in the cycles you're currently you just entered year number four, which as I said earlier, um would have started about six months before your birthday, so you were coming into that already. But the significance of that time is when you are uh, entering year four, you're entering the growth and expansion periods of your nine-year cycle. And uh, from year four until the very beginning of year eight, so in your case, about spring of 2026, it, between now and then is that window of time when oh well, actually, hold on a second here. I think I oh sorry about that. Yeah, that's my software it's had a glitch. <laughs> um, so so you are um, in that period of growth uh, that that um, happens in career and life in general. And but what you've just left behind is a period of several years that really started right around the um, beginning of 2017, the very end of 2016. Um, and that was when you were entering your eighth year. So, and I, like I said, your next eight years, 2026. 
When we go from year eight until year number four is when we uh, when things go downward in the cycle, and that's when our careers and our lives and whatever we've been doing up to that point goes through a period of what appears to be stagnation where our careers and whatever direction we've been going, a lot of times those things can come to a standstill. A lot of things can fall apart and disintegrate. We go through periods of uncertainty. Um, and also spiritual awakening can happen in that period of eight through nine year, uh, 2017, 2018, that whole period until 2019. And and then in um, the end of 2018 through 2019 is when we start the new thing. So you may not realize it yet, but a lot of the new things and new direction that you're meant to go in this current nine-year cycle started around 2018, 2019, 2020 period. But because that's still the beginning years, the new nine-year cycle, it starts out very slowly. And if you're looking for a huge growth and expansion, um, you wouldn't have noticed those things yet. But you're now in that beginning of that period of growth and expansion in the direction of whatever you've been starting over the last few years. So now is the time to get out there and do those things that you've been sort of percolating and maybe even building the foundation for over the last few years. Now, if you had a Kundalini awakening uh, in the in that period of years, chances are, there are certain new awarenesses and gifts and abilities that might have come to you in that time, but maybe didn't fully materialize in any sort of tangible career or life direction yet. And that's because that's really supposed to start now. So, so now, between now and especially when you get to 2023, 24, and 2025 is when your career or whatever direction you want to take this can really grow and expand. So I would say you have to now get out there and do the physical, tangible steps to make progress. And as you do, each year ahead between now and 2026 will continue to expand bigger and bigger and your success will grow uh, in, in a very material, physical sense during that time. Uh, and then you'll come to another end of your cycle and have to, you know, reinvent yourself again. That's what happens every nine years. Um, so have you noticed any new ideas or new awarenesses um, or even interests over the last few years? Um, I have a couple of, you know, ideas. Um, I'm not okay. sure how that's going to transpire yet, but I, I've been gathering information for um, a while for different things that I may, um, you know, be able to do, like uh, just, you know, online gathering a lot of information, not only being in, um, you know, like this group and uh, with this type of information, but, you know, like marketing yourself uh, for either product or yourself uh, for writing a book. So I'm, I'm gathering knowledge and um, different things and uh, you know, and all kinds of things to help me kind of going forward in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so like you said, I think you said the word percolating. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're right where you need to be. Uh, but now you have to get moving. I mean, now is the time to put those ideas and thoughts and, you know, different things that you were thinking about over the last several years into motion. 
because the universe will support you in your external success in those areas in the next three to four years. So the time for percolation is is now just past. So where you are is perfect, uh, but now it's time to move forward, essentially. And And certainly, if we spoke privately, I could give you more guidance into the uh, business model and those uh, marketing and those things, but um, but but in terms of cycles, uh, now is the time to move forward on all those things. Okay, thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. Kathy. Um, thank you, you, Ethan. All right, glad you're mm-hmm. here, Kathy. Uh, hopefully, that was helpful. Um, uh, whoops, is she still there? I think she's muted well, now. Uh, I, well, I- I thought you wanted me to mute. Oh, no. I hope that was helpful for you, Kathy. And if you want to explore that further, um, you know, sessions are available. So, and stay tuned because we're doing the um, the energy transfer here in just a few minutes as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. All right, Ethan, we'll do one more. Um, I'm going to go to area code 949. Uh, you're live. Nine. Hi, Carrie. Can you hear me? Hi. Carrie. I can Carrie, hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I believe I... that uh, my name is Paula, Paula McKinney, and it's 1754. You spell M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y? Yes. Okay, and one seven fifty four. Yes. Okay, one seven. Hang tight, Paula. <laughs> Calculations are, are taking place. <laughs> okay. So did you have a, a question or something in particular you wanted to ask about? Oh, business, business. I sell real estate. Okay. All right. Well, uh, actually, you're in year number five going to year number six right now. So you're, you're oh, this I am? is the time when – yeah. So uh one seven nineteen fifty four. So basically add one plus seven is eight and add that to twenty twenty two, which is six. Um so that would be fourteen uh, and one plus four is five. So you're currently in year number five going toward year number six. And oh. five, six and seven are the uh, are the most expansive years in career, especially seven. So the each, so I should each keep subsequent going. year. <laughs> yes. Um, you just now are in the beginning of the really big growth years. Um, sure. Five, six, and seven are the the most expansive years of the nine-year cycle when it comes to career. But And each year is more than the previous to where usually when we get to year seven, our careers can be so uh, – busy that it can be exhausting. So when you get to seven years where 
you're doing really well. You you know, if, if money is a way of measuring that, then you may be making a lot of money at that time or have a lot of clients. Um, but you can also find yourself very exhausted in, in the seven year because of overwork. So so the, so each year builds on the previous. So you're now at that period of time. So I would say if I were in your shoes, um, I would be putting more into marketing or promoting or getting out there in front of more people because the next couple of years will uh, provide me the opportunity to grow it bigger. Um, but also, on a side note, I find that most people, when they're in the expansive years, the nine-year cycle, um, they tend to increase their lifestyle with their income and career success because as human beings, we think it's going to grow forever, but, but we have cycles, so things don't ever grow forever. Um, yes. And and so what you need to be doing in the five, six, and seven years up to the eighth year is you need to be investing as much as you can into things that will grow in the background. So different kinds of assets that may um, keep the value of your earnings. And this is how people become millionaires and billionaires, where most people don't achieve that is because most people live to their means and they don't actually invest when times are good. But if you invest when times are good, when times are not as good, you've built investments and wealth that will support you when times are not good. And so what I would suggest is in the next few years, as your career is expanding, invest into the growth of that business because you can continue to do better and better. And as you're making more money, find things to put the money into that will grow in the background and hold value so that when you get to your eighth year, which will be in 2025, uh, when you get to about the latter, the very end of 2024 and into 2025, you'll start to notice that your career will start to stagnate a little bit to where um, either you're just tired of it um, or maybe you don't have as many clients or maybe the real estate market changes uh, and, and it affects your business in some way. Uh, but what happens in 2025 and 2026 for you is you're going to find that that growth starts to stagnate in order to prepare you for the next journey that you're going to go on. And, and so at that point, it would be good to have built a, um, some wealth that you can lean on in the years that follow when career may not be as clear as to where you're going. So, so you could really when people go from broke to rich, uh, they tend to do that in years four to eight in the nine-year cycle. And if they invest it, then they stay there, uh, you know, stay in a state of wealth and success. So you're really in a well, good yeah, place. The if, question is, like, the, the question is, is mm-hmm. what you invest in, like, you know, right now, you know, it's very uh, volatile. Yeah, that's a, a long conversation, and I'm sure I'm happy to have that yeah, with know, you um, privately, right? But um, but yes, we are in a economically, macroeconomically, a very unique climate where I do think that there's going to be um, a lot of financial collapses taking place. So depending on where you live and uh, things like that, some assets may be better than others, but um, 
But there are always things in every economic environment that you can invest in that will grow even during a Great Depression. I mean, for example, things like precious metals might be good during a depressionary period. Um, but uh, but I, whatever it is for you, I would invest in, in those things so that you can have something, uh, some wealth be building in the background while your income is, is increasing over the next few years. So that when your income isn't increasing uh, in in the years that follow in 2025 and uh, 26, you'll have that foundation to lean on. Mm-hmm. So I'm in year five. I'm in, I'm in year five to six right now. Mm-hmm. Did you just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I said earlier, some numerological systems will calculate differently some will say uh some will say you're in year six already others will say you're in you were in year five as of january 1st this year so they're all different um so my interpretation matches my calculation which is a little bit different from other systems so i would say you're in year five going to six well i believe i believe you (laughs) (laughs) i said i believe you i'm between year five and six Yeah. yeah Well, there you go, Paula. Um, Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you, Paula, and thank you, Ethan. Um, Ethan, Mm -hmm. someone wrote in, um, let's see, uh, Diana. Um, She just said, wait, where where, where did they go? A lot of people are writing in. Um, uh, Diana purchased a 30-minute numerology session that said the link doesn't allow her to schedule the session. It says it's private. What should she do? Is that something you'll fix on your end? Oh, I'll ask my assistant to look into that. Have her send uh, an email to info at ethanfox.com. It's probably in the support uh, link that's in the package. Okay. And um, we'll okay. take care of it. There sh- that shouldn't be happening, but maybe something got uh, messed up in the schedule. So I'll have my assistant look into that. There you go, Diana. Okay. And for those of you, I know so many of you wrote in um, who wanted a mini reading. Um, I would take advantage of this beautiful offering to have a private session. Um, You'll have 30 minutes to really get into everything that's going on with you, your cycles, all of that. So for now, I want to make sure that we have time, Ethan, uh, for the energy transfer to remove some of this density. And if those of you who haven't experienced this, this is a taste of it. Um, of course, if you want to do the remote for a month, that is part of special offer A, that you also get an offer B. So, Ethan, um, let's move into that so that people can get a um, a feeling for what, what we're talking about here. <laughs> and um, you are silent through part of it. You do play some music. Um, what should people do to gain the most benefit from this today? Well, as I said earlier, this is a 13-dimensional collective, and they are working through your intention. So not much needs to be done other than just holding the intention. If you're not in a place where you can sit or lie down, that's even all right. Um, Sometimes people forget that they schedule energy transfer sessions with me remotely, and they will feel the energy at those times, whatever they're doing. So um, the intention is the most important thing. But if you want, you can... Visualize yourself sending density to me as a dark cloud of energy uh, and also see this white light from my heart center to yours. Um, You can certainly visualize those things, but uh, this collective will facilitate the process with your intention. 
regardless of what you're doing, as long as you wish to participate. Um, but what it looks like is a white light from a heart center to yours throughout the process and uh, you sending density to me, which if Barb was here, she could actually see the density around my energy field while we do this process. Uh, and no harm comes to me in the process of doing it. My energy field um, it just it disintegrates the density. So um, the and I do play uh, as we were speaking before we got on this call. Um, you have Mark Romero coming on and next week mm -hmm. or soon, and I play his music in the background on these just because he's a friend of ours and uh, and I find it very conducive to doing the energy transfer. So I just have always done it. Um, so I'll play that in the background just to sort of drown out any background noises, and uh, we'll go for about um, how long do you want to do this? Uh, about five minutes or longer? Um, yeah, five to ten. Whatever you feel um, guided to do is fine with me. Okay. All right. We'll do. We'll go for about five minutes, maybe a little longer, just so we're not on for too long doing that. And um, and sometimes because of the length. The process may continue, so if some of you are still feeling it after I say we're done, you can just sit with that for a little longer if need be, and if you're someplace where you can rest or relax afterward, that would be great also. So um, just relax and breathe comfortably and focus your intention on sending any density to me, and keep doing that all throughout. And you can visualize that as a dark cloud of energy if you'd like. And uh, at the same time, a white light from a heart center to yours, which will raise your consciousness and expand your energy field. And that will be happening all throughout as well. So I'm going to be silent now, and I'll play a little music, and I'll come back when we're done.
lot of density. <laughs> oh, someone wrote in um, and said, what do you feel when that's occurring? Um, well, that's, um, you know, I, uh, the people are doing energy transfers all day and night long. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the early years when I was doing this, I did have some sensory experiences when, when it was happening and I still do, but, but the more I've done it over the years, it's, um, it's become more and more subtle. I mean, as you can imagine, if I was feeling all the density that was coming all day and night long, I would have a very, uh, unpleasant life. So because of that, uh, what I feel when I do these energy transfers is um, the energy from the 13th dimension is so intense, and it tends to just sort of be in this physical body all the time, except during energy transfers it can increase a little bit. Because that energy is so intense, it sort of overrides the density that may be coming at any time. So I tend to just feel this very strong intensity of energy, uh, very positive uh, feeling uh, that um, happens during these energy transfer events. But it's always there. I, I, I feel it at all times if I just tune into it and pay attention. Uh, and, and that's, in hindsight, over my early life experiences, why a lot of energy phenomena happened around me that right. I didn't really understand at that time. But, but yeah, that's so it's um it's just kind of a normal part of my life now. So it doesn't really right. feel like anything out of the ordinary mm-hmm. anymore. It's interesting because you've been on the show so many times over the years. Um, we've been doing this show for over six years. But um, each time that you're here, I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'll just send a little. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But the the more I've gotten to know you and your process and what happens and knowing that it literally disintegrates, dissolves once it's once it hits your field, you know, I use that as a beautiful opportunity, you know, for the mental body, the emotional body, debris, um, density, the physical body density and just go through it all and um and then I can just feel lighter for me and I'm going to read a few of the comments that have come in um, and anybody who wants to write in you're welcome to do so um, Anisha said thank you both um, lots of exclamation points 
Maria from Sweden said, thank you, feel lighter and tingling in my body. My hands and my feet are so warm um, and so grateful. Thank you both. Thank you, Maria. Um, Lynn from Monterey Bay, California. Hi, Lynn. Uh, she said, kind thanks to Ethan and the 13th Dimensional Master Collective. I feel darkness cleared and light filled. And thank you, Carrie, for all that you bring into our lives each time we tune into your frequency. Sending you love. Sending you love right back, Lynn. Thank you for being here. Um, and as Ethan mentioned, you may want to, if you lay down, this may continue for you. <laughs> um, but whatever you're experiencing. Um, and what you said also, um, Ethan, about, you know, the, the information that streams through that that light that that's coming from your heart into our into ours um over time maybe not right in this moment you know it really does expand our consciousness and um and, and opens new doors and and so pay attention everyone you know to what what occurs or unfolds for you ethan thank you for Always being available to share and be here with me and all of us here. Really appreciate you. My pleasure. Yeah. Any final words, my friend, before we say goodbye? Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, I think one thing I always point out is that, especially in this time on the planet these days, it can often feel like global circumstances are out of our control, but always understand that we are always where we need to be, and the experiences that we are having external to us are things that we chose to be here to experience at this time. So all that you need to do is to focus on how you're walking this path so that you can be an observer during this amazing time on the planet without causing hardship and suffering. So that's what I would leave you with. Yeah, thank you, Ethan. Yeah, this is a beautiful conversation. A lot more people are writing in. Thank you for your comments and feedback. Um, they're really extending a lot of gratitude to you, um, Ethan. So, Thank you, and thank you to everyone who's joined us or who will listen into this wonderful call. Um, I hope that you received the the new awarenesses, um, the activations, the healings, the dissolving of the density that is uh, that is best for you at this time. And remember, you can come back and listen to this anytime you wish. Uh, but thank you for joining us on this soulful adventure today. I'm sending waves and waves of love and light and appreciation from my heart to yours. May you feel it, receive it, and then offer it to those you encounter today uh, or tonight wherever you are in the world. And as always, until next time, please give yourself full permission to shine instead of shrink, express instead of suppress, and own that amazing, powerful glow of yours. Uh, take flight to beautiful beacons of light, and I'll see you back here uh, in this playground of light tomorrow. Bye, everyone.